Thank you for listening to this new episode of the podcast by The Still Water. Our aim is that these messages be an encouragement in your search for the God of heaven. Thank you for listening. Let me give you two names to remember, Liz and Mallory. The story has very humble beginnings. In 2008, a Division II college softball game was being played on a dusty field in the middle of Washington State with less than a hundred people in attendance. Nothing about the setting or even the people was extraordinary. But something did happen that day that continues to impact people around the world. In the top of the second inning, Sarah Tokulski hit a home run. It was her very first home run ever, and it was her very last. You see, as she ran and tried to touch first base, her leg became twisted and Sarah badly injured her left knee. She could not run. She could not even crawl around the bases to complete the home run. She lay on the ground, hugging the first base pad, and everyone wondered what to do. If her coach or teammates touched her before completing the trip around the bases, she would be called out and the home run erased. But this is where Liz and Mallory step into the story. They ask if they could carry Sarah. The umpire was shocked by the request, but agreed it was allowed by the rules. So that is how Liz Wallace and Mallory Holtman, players for the opposing team, cradled Sarah in their arms and carried her around the softball diamond, stopping and lowering her down just enough that her foot could brush each base. And then they carried her to home plate so that Sarah's home run would count. Because of the kindness shown by Liz and Mallory, their team lost the game 4-2 to two and did not make the division playoffs. But because of the kindness of Liz and Mallory and the fact that what they did was recorded on video, millions of people have seen that moment and have talked about the meaning of words like kindness, selflessness, compassion, and sportsmanship. They have been honored by sports stars and politicians for their actions. But they did not help Sarah because they would be famous or become influencers on social media. They did it because it was a moment that needed an extraordinary act to make things right. This podcast is not about sports. There are lots of those, but about the Bible story and how it can change our lives, our actions, and our hope. Many of the stories recorded in the Bible deal with empires, armies, and kings. We talked in one episode about Sennacherib and Hezekiah and their impact on world history. Many other kings and queens are mentioned in the Bible, including David, Solomon, Nebuchadnezzar, Cyrus, and others such as the Caesars, including Augustus. However, the Bible message is about individuals and the choices that they make in relationship to the God of heaven. So let's talk about an act of love, the courage to make a hard choice, and the consequences of that choice. Let's talk about the story of Ruth. The book of Ruth is only four chapters long. It is a tragedy that becomes a love story. But the framework of the story was very common and is rooted in the experiences of people across many generations. Many people have been forced from their homes by a disaster such as a famine, 
and many families have been broken up by death. Many have been left exposed and vulnerable to hunger or to danger. These are the everyday occurrences in this world. What is not an everyday occurrence is the courage to act with kindness and loyalty and love. That is the story of the book of Ruth. A man by the name of Elimelech and his wife Naomi had two sons, and they lived in Bethlehem. Yes, we are talking about that Bethlehem. But Ruth's story takes place over a thousand years before a young girl in Bethlehem gives birth in a barn and lays her newborn son in a feed trough. Those events are connected, but more on that later. So, this man and his wife and two sons live in Bethlehem, and they were a part of the tribe of Judah, but also had more immediate family connections that would mean protection and security for the family. But the region became decimated by a famine. The family, facing starvation, leaves their home and immigrates to another country and to a different culture. After arriving in this foreign land, Elimelech dies, leaving his wife Naomi a widow with two sons. Both of the sons marry women that were from the area. The women were named Orpah and Ruth. But after about ten years, both men died as well leaving their wives as widows. Now, before we go further, this is a very common story. Famines have driven people from their homes and countries for thousands of years. We are not told how the men died, but it could have been any number of things. Was it an illness? Was it violence? Was it war? But what is important is that Naomi, Orpah, and Ruth became widows. This would have been a very dangerous situation where three women one, a foreigner, was alone and unprotected by an extended family. But Naomi had learned that the famine in her hometown of Bethlehem was over, and she decides to return to the safety and support of her hometown and clan. It is here that the story diverges from a timeless tragedy and something much greater emerges. Naomi tells her daughters-in-law that she is leaving and that they should return to their family homes and build new lives. She does not want them to face the challenges of being a foreigner the way she had. While Orpah does decide to separate, Ruth does not. She will not leave Naomi to travel or live alone. In one of the most beautiful statements of love ever recorded, Ruth tells Naomi, Do not force me to leave you. Do not force me to go back to my own people. Let me go with you. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you sleep, I will sleep. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. And that is where I will be buried. I ask the Lord to punish me if I don't keep this promise. Only death will separate us. If you did not realize it, Ruth was making an oath or a promise witnessed by God. She is promising Naomi that she will not leave her to live alone and that whatever danger or difficulty Naomi might face, she will not face it alone. But step back for a minute. In the context of the story, this conversation between Ruth and Naomi takes place somewhere along a dusty road in the middle of nowhere. 
It is not between kings or military generals discussing empires or great monuments. It is two people talking about their lives and making a choice. In the great work we call the Bible, an entire book is devoted to telling the story of these two displaced women and the choices they make. Why is this story so important to be included in the Bible? The answer is, the story of Ruth is the story of a godly mindset and a godly choice. Ruth puts her life and her safety at risk to help keep her widowed mother-in-law safe. She is willing to face prejudice, danger, isolation to secure a better life for Naomi. The scale of the act is not important, but what and why it was done is important. In other podcasts, we've talked about love and how the Bible uses it in a different way than we commonly do. The Greek word agape is the word most often used in the Bible that is translated as love. This describes a love that resides in our choices and our thinking. Agape chooses to act for the good of others, chooses to speak for the benefit of others, and chooses to live in a way that helps others. This is the love that applies when Jesus speaks of love your enemies and for God so loved the world. It is the highest form of love because it is not based in emotion, but in the mind and in the choices that we make. Think back again to the home run that almost wasn't. Think again about the actions of Mallory and Liz as they lifted the injured runner. They were not thinking of themselves, but of Sarah, the player for the opposing team lying on the ground. They saw someone that needed them, and they acted out of kindness and compassion. Some have called it sportsmanship, but another word for it is love. It is the love that chooses to act for the benefit of others. It is agape love. The Apostle Paul wrote one of the most beloved Bible passages based on this very idea. This is the opening verses to chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians. I may speak in different languages, whether human or even of angels, but if I don't have love, I am only a noisy bell or a clanging cymbal. I may have the gift of prophecy. I may understand all secrets and know everything there is to know. And I may have faith so great that I can move mountains. But even with all of this, if I don't have love, I am nothing. I may give away everything I have to help others. I may even give my body as an offering to be burned, but I gain nothing by doing all of this if I don't have love. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous, does not brag, it is not proud. Love is not rude, it is not selfish, it cannot be made angry easily. Love does not remember wrongs done against it. Love is never happy when others do wrong, but it is always happy with the truth. Love never gives up on people. It never stops trusting. It never loses hope. It never quits. Ruth would have understood these words written by Paul a thousand years after she lived, because she lived those words. It was agape love she showed in her actions towards Naomi. 
Her story lives on in part because she is one of the great examples of this godly love. There is another word that we have used many times in this podcast because it is a foundational idea in the Bible. It is the word righteousness. It is a hard word to define until you see it in the actions of someone like Ruth. It is the idea of doing what is right for the sole reason that it is the right thing to do. Righteousness provokes action that is often seen as unusual, an act that makes others shake their heads in amazement and in confusion. But God has shown us those acts of love and goodness, so his people should reflect that love in their actions. The story of Ruth and Naomi continues as they arrive back in Bethlehem. Ruth and Naomi need to eat. So Ruth goes out to the grain fields that are being harvested and picks up what the harvesters have dropped or missed. The man that owned that field saw her and asked who she was. When he was told that it was Ruth, the woman that had helped Naomi, he told his workers to protect her and to help her any way they could. The man's name was Boaz, and he was a kinsman of Naomi. He insisted that Ruth be treated kindly because he had heard of her kindness to Naomi. He not only acts in kindness towards Ruth, but acts in honor. He resolves to find her a formal place and status within the clan and the family. After settling a legal issue with the inheritance, Boaz marries Ruth. It is amazing how godly love, when put into action, can cause other acts of kindness and love. But Ruth did not protect Naomi and help provide for her in the hope of some monetary gain. She did it because it was the right thing to do and the kind thing to do. But because of that love, we are still talking about Ruth 3,000 years later. Back to that dusty softball field, Liz and Mallory did not seek any personal gain when they went to help Sarah. They did not know that the video of them carrying the injured player around the bases would go viral all around the world. They acted for one reason. It was kind, and it was the right thing to do. One other element we need to mention about the story of Ruth. As I said before, Ruth and Boaz married and had a son. His name was Obed, and Obed had a son, and his name was Jesse. But after 3,000 years, why do we need to know this, and why do we care? Well, Jesse had eight sons, but one of them, the youngest, matters in history and in the grand plan of God. His name was David, and he would become king. He would do many things, including writing many songs and poems. We have many of those recorded in the book of Psalms. And one more thing. Many of David's descendants had an impact too. One of them was named Jesus. The same Jesus that was born in Ruth's and Boaz's hometown of Bethlehem. The town where David, their great-grandson, was raised. All of this because Ruth's agape love for Naomi was put into action. The video of Liz and Mallory sparked millions of discussions about sportsmanship, kindness, and fair play. ESPN gave them an award, and many others praised their unusual act of kindness. But soon the video and the talk about Liz and Mallory will fade into obscurity. 
But the story of Ruth has continued on and will continue for all generations. And it will continue to inspire acts of love and devotion and point the way to a better understanding of the unusual nature of the righteousness of God. Let's hear from Ruth one more time. Don't force me to leave you. Don't force me to go back to my own people. Let me go with you. Wherever you go, I will go. Where you sleep, I will sleep. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. For those that would make that choice, welcome home. Thank you for listening to this episode of By the Still Water. It is our desire that these messages reflect the true Word of God. If you would like to reach us, you can reach us by email at bythestillwater2024 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at By the Still Water Podcast. Please consider subscribing. This will alert you to new episodes when they are made available. Again, thank you for listening.